This is a program on entrepreneurship, and uh, naturally, because I work here at NORCAP, we like to ask questions of the people that we are associated with and the people who show up in Sudbury who bring ideas and want to develop them further. There's a spirit here at NORCAT. It includes things like launch and pitch. Today, my guest is Vanit Johnson. Vanit has brought a product called I Regained. He's been working on it for some time and did participate in NORCAT Pitch. We'll talk a bit more about that as well. Vanit, uh, welcome. Good morning, Hugh. Thank you very much for having me here. Sincerely appreciate your time. <laughs> I'm glad you said this morning. Now, folks, this program may be broadcast at any time during the day. And, of course, if, if it's a podcast, you're not tied to terrestrial radio at all. You can listen at your leisure anywhere in the world. Vanit, you have a product called I Regained. And, and can you spell that for us? So I Regained is I for the person and Regained for regaining function. So together, we want each of our clients to say, I regained. Regained from what? So in this case, when someone gets a stroke, a part of the body is paralyzed. Usually it's sort of arms and fingers and sometimes mouth. uh, Yeah, so it's essentially one half half of the body. Yes. And exactly what's impacted is dependent on which part of the brain is impacted. So if a particular part of the brain that controls your hand is hit by the stroke, yes. then your hand doesn't work. This is where you're focusing. Is, is That's our f- control, that fine motor skill to open jars and maybe type? Yes. So the whole function for us is to get people to use their hands or increase their ability to use their hands. Yes. Right now what happens, someone gets a stroke, they go to a hospital, and if they are lucky, they get some amount of rehab after that, and then they go home. A but place is it adequate? They do not get throughout this process any hand function rehab. But that's essential. That's, I mean, the opposable thumb, for example, is what separates us from all other primates. Exactly. So they're at a situation where they're at home, a place that was theirs, part and parcel of their life, yes. but they cannot interact with that home. That includes opening doors in some cases, includes, unless they have lever hand locks. It includes food, grooming, toileting, Everything we do is our hand interacting with things. Grip. Grip. Mm-hmm. And it could be, you know, picking up an apple. Yes. It could be putting on your clothes, buttoning up your clothes. When I said fine motor skills, sometimes it's gross motor skills too, isn't yeah, it? I mean, you said grip. I mean, that uses perhaps all five digits. Exactly. But fine motor skills might just be using one or gripping yes. it, holding so, a pen. So, for example, a gross motor skill is when the entire hand, hand comes engaged. into contact. In other words, the object comes into contact with your palm. Yes. And they call it power grasp. Yes. And then you have something called precision grasp, which is kind of like holding a pen, holding a needle. Uh, you could be holding a coin or picking up a coin. And you're doing up your zipper, as you mentioned. Yeah. Or yes. bring up your zipper. Yes. All of those are very fine skills because you Tying need to... Tying a shoelace. Exactly. Oh That's been very precise. But even, even <clears throat> think of two coffee cups. If you're having a coffee mug, that's more of a gross activity. But if you're carrying a Timmy's cup, that's more of a precision. Now, Vineet, I apologize. We had a small blip there, technological uh, um, accident. Uh, we captured quite a few of the opening comments. And I was asking Vineet about uh, gross motor and fine motor skills, precision grip and power grip. And uh, Vineet, can you just continue with that thought? Yeah, so when you think of the two segments of precision versus power, power grips you would use when you're trying to 
lift a suitcase, hold an umbrella, hold a bag. But even there, sometimes some precision would come. Think of yes. an umbrella on a windy day. You have to. Move. There is there is certain amount of precision that's coming into mm-hmm. play in addition to the power. Mm-hmm. So sometimes there's an interplay between a power and precision. Isn't there a, a frustration too between what you're seeing after a stroke and what you're not able to achieve? And you're trying to basically provide people with an ability to regain their their yeah. normal behavior in life. So what, what we at iRegain try to do is to get them to initiate work in their fingers, because remember, hands got lots of little muscles, like mm-hmm. tiny, tiny muscles. Mm. And all of these are controlled by the brain. Like after a stroke, there's no problem with the hand. It's, it's a control signal from the brain. So what we attempt to do is to change the control system, help with the neuroplasticity or form a new circuit, mm. which then sends better control signals. Mm-hmm. Using the better control signals, you could then convert it into uh, different actions that they can perform. Mm-hmm. So initially, we start off with what we call gross motor skills or power grasps, because it's easier to get a power grasp than a precision. So, you know, something like squeezing a tennis ball. So people do that with the stress balls. Uh, I've seen that after a stroke. True. But what happens in a stress ball is you're trying to squeeze everything at the same time. Now, when you lose function, imagine, uh, let, me, let me give you a different analogy. When the brain is kind of wiped clean after a stroke, yes. that whole control system is gone. So instead of trying to go on a gross approach, we go on a granular approach. We start with skills little by little. First so have we been doing it wrong up till now? Uh, uh, different schools of thought. It's, ah. it's the, the traditional school of thought was to take it at a larger scale. So they would give you something like a tennis ball to squeeze. It was a quick uh, fix, was it? E- easier fix. Yes. Because these therapies were long and arduous and lack of manpower. And lack of funding. Yeah, if you think of Sudbury, 2017, I think the stroke statistics in Sudbury was 377 people got a stroke mm-hmm. in just in 2017. We do not have the adequate number of physiotherapists to and occupational therapists to deal with it. And even those we have, we don't have the funding sources to support these patients to go for therapy. So if we do it on a per thousand population, is this uh, this number that you've given us uh, a, a Sudbury's a certain size, 160,000. Are we seeing the same number percentage-wise being repeated across the country? It's, it's kind of something along those lines. In the Canada, reason I'm asking that is, was, why are you in Sudbury? We are in Sudbury partly because uh, we started the company. In Originally, we the idea came out of Thunder Bay. Yes. And then we found out Thunder Bay has like about 220 or 240 strokes each so year. So not adequate for your research. Yeah, we wanted slightly larger numbers. Mm -hmm. And we had very, very interesting folks in Sudbury. One was Dr. Dennis Reich and Dr. Debbie Saunders, who were at a pitch in Thunder Bay, who said Sudbury needs this more, uh, which kind of brought us to Sudbury. And not only that, not only did they just give words, they also matched it with action on bringing funding. Uh, Then comes uh, Mr. Peter Dalbianco Mm -hmm. out of NARCAT, uh, and the forces kind of really coalesced around the idea to an extent where it was a no-brainer for us. Uh, consequently, we are here. And, and, and the hope for us is to uh, use this technology to help people in Sudbury 
and not only Sudbury, but then spread out, spread out to our immediate neighbors. Is it part of the ecosystem here that encourages you and and would provide the support to develop your tools? Without a doubt, because one of the coolest things that I did not, uh, let me put it this way, we were not aware of. Mm -hmm. Uh, I should say I did not expect because I was living in Toronto at the point of time. I did not expect Sudbury to have a better ecosystem. Interestingly, I come here, I just realized how ignorant I was because we as a team were looking around for partners and out of the blue, we've, we've got some very, very interesting partners and each of them, they're not working with us like business partners. They're working with us like collaborators. They're working with that same enthusiasm and passion in making this happen. So would you say that Sudbury's a an easier place to network with people? Absolutely. Because it's way more friendlier mm-hmm. and, and you know, you, you straight surround, have a chat, and it straight eases in, into a conversation as opposed to being very formal and, and... Is it because we are so less compartmentalized? You know, you, you you don't have like little bubbles of people. I find, not to criticize Toronto, but they is there's this group and there's the in-group and then there's the out-group. Whereas here, we're much more fluid moving between yes. levels of expertise. If you're an engineer, you aren't just living in one... Or a doctor, for example, you're not just living in one world. Absolutely. That's, that, that's, there's another part to Sudbury, which is the ability to collaborate is at a much higher level and a lot easier. Everybody is willing to stick their neck in and say, hey, give me a bus if you need me for anything. Mm-hmm. And does that include the university as well? And yeah. The hospital and- <clears throat> that includes the hospital, that includes ICANN, that includes the university, uh, that includes NARCAT, that includes Ionic, that includes Synaptic. Uh, and, and the number of partners we've managed to uh, collaborate with since mm-hmm. we got here is just phenomenal. Will this move your project ahead faster than it would have been? You mentioned about Thunder Bay not having adequate, but even the Northern Ontario School of Medicine might be interested in what you're doing. I, their ability to cl- conduct clinical trials might move you towards delivering a service Absolutely. much quicker. We, 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 what we are trying to do is, using Sudbury as a base, also connect with other institutions oh, outside sure. of We're here. very well networked, yeah. yes. So we, we've now connected with Sunnybrook and Baycrest Hospitals in Toronto. We are connected to McMaster University. Mm-hmm. Uh, we are connecting with uh, the Sudbury hospitals in Thunder Bay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and, and the ho- hope is to use the base and take the same collaborative model in Sudbury and apply it across because this is a problem. This is a problem that that's a huge challenge. I don't know. I might get a stroke someday. And I would like to know that or at least I have the option of doing something to get myself better. What about car accidents and such? Would this be an appropriate tool to deploy for somebody who's had um, a other kinds of damage to their systems? So if you think of car accidents or even war veterans. I was thinking about industrial yeah. accidents yeah, as well. Yeah, in any of these situations, if the brain is impacted and as a result the hand doesn't work, mm-hmm. this becomes a tool. But there are times when the brain does not be involved. So you just had an industrial accident of your hand or arm. Or even think of, for example, a pianist mm-hmm. or a tennis player. 
goes on a ski accident, I mean, goes for a ski and gets into an accident. And the hands kind of, not, you know, they sustain some injuries. Mm-hmm. And they want to recover in a finite time. Mm-hmm. And that finite time will depend uh, on how soon they can get back to their career. So instead of going the traditional way of just using rubber bands and squeeze balls, here we've got a system which identifies what's wrong and goes after what's wrong in a very microscopic, granular pattern. So, in many cases, what happens at NORCAT is either a, a, an object, a very large object, or, uh, or maybe a very small object, in some cases, coming out of the Fortin Discovery Lab, maybe some software. What Describe what your thing is. I mean, it, it's obviously, at this point, a black box that you're working with. with yeah. You're really not quite sure what it'll look like and how it will, how, even how large it will be, how much it'll weigh, how much it'll cost. So You're working on that. So we are right now in the design phase of the project. Mm-hmm. And it will uh, go through a number of stages. Yeah. So the first stage is the discovery stage, followed by the design, followed by prototyping, and followed by build. Mm-hmm. So in a design phase, we've got initial designs in place already. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the, the original prototype that we had was approximately two feet tall, but the new one is... It sort of stood in a, a, like a, uh, on a pedestal. Yeah, and, and, and there's a reason for it. Th- you know, when someone gets a stroke, they're disabled, they can't move a device around. Right. So, so we made it tall enough so that they could sit on a chair and work on it. Right. But then, at the same time, it's not versatile. What if a patient wants to use it on their lap? What if right. they want to so put it a on a table? tabletop version. Yeah. So now we've come up with a design that becomes way more versatile. They could be on a hospital bed or a chair or put it on a tabletop. So it could come with an adaptive... Pedestal, if you exactly need it, a simple stand, kind of yes, that is very inexpensive. Well, I was thinking about uh, even GPS units, how you put them on your dashboard. Sometimes it's a little sand bag. Yeah, that so puts, is that something that something fact, like that? Yes. But this one would require a firmer base, right. to allow more stability. Yes, uh, so that makes it very versatile. Yes, so that's the design side of things. In terms of cost, I would suspect we would be around. Thirty-five hundred to four thousand dollars. Is this a reasonable price? If you think of what's available there, there are because devices. I was going to ask that next question. Yeah, what is available? To there you? are some devices available. They're very expensive to buy for a like small in the tens clinic. Tens of thousands of dollars. We're talking one hundred fifty, two hundred thousand US, mm-hmm. uh, or something in the hundred thousand US ballpark. So an average person cannot afford it. No. So two things here. Are you talking about like bring it to people's homes? Yeah, in our case, that's what we want to do. Mm. So when you think of getting one of those expensive devices, you bring the device, let's say, to a hospital which can afford it. Now, one device can give 40 clinical hours a week. So you could share. But if you think of it, if, if Sudbury had 300 plus patients who got a stroke in one year, mm. only 40 of them will get one hour per person. Yes. So you cannot share the hours. And for someone to get better, like ask yourself a question. If you didn't know how to play tennis and you want to learn to play tennis, I you get didn't it. know how to play golf and you want to learn to play golf, yes. you should be spending 15, 20, 30 hours a week. Well, apparently, this is not uncommon, 10,000 hours are required to learn to play the violin and not well. It, it, but So yeah, know. so it, it takes a lot of time. And we've spent, a, let's face it, 
our childhood is learning how to use our bodies. Exactly. And that's thousands of hours of learning. We spend a lifetime learning a skill of manipulating your hand. And then suddenly it's taken away from. Suddenly it's gone. So it takes a while. And so the solution of these $150,000, $200,000 devices is just not right. Will there be a little bit of reverse engineering going on as well? Or is yours like, clean the slate, let's rethink this entirely? Ours is very unique, very different. So in that model, when you put a device in a hospital, they would charge you anywhere from $250, $300 per yes. one-hour session, yes. which is not feasible for the average you and me. Mm-hmm. It could be feasible for someone who's got a lot of dough in their pockets, mm-hmm. but not for most of us. Mm-hmm. One of the goals for iRegain is to make this device portable so you can use it at home and it becomes accessible, but most importantly, a price point that people can afford. Okay, let's go to the next level because there's obviously some kind of interface that happens between the device and, say, a laptop or the device and um, sharing that information with your physician or your specialist. How does that work? You're going to have to think that out too, aren't you? Yeah, so let me, part of the last question, I didn't complete the answer, and I'm going to connect the two questions together. So you take this device, on one side, the device will be controlled, the clinician would set the parameters on what to do, and the patient follows the parameter at home and bring it back to the clinician maybe once in two weeks, once in three weeks, spend five, 10 minutes with the clinician for remodulating the next set of parameters. Mm -hmm. By year two, we would put a telemedicine in, so you don't have to physically walk to the patient, to the clinician. You could stay at home, mm-hmm. and the clinician can remotely deal with it. Now it's a cost-saving measure. What about AI? That's the eventual year uh, three process by which we'd have collected enough data. I'm just jumping ahead too quickly. Yeah, so but it's, it's thought through. Yes. So the other part that you were also uh, asking about uh, in terms of what is different in our device compared to the other devices, the traditional expensive ones. I shouldn't say traditional because they've been around only the last 10-15 years. Mm. These are very high-tech robotic devices. So they cost big because... Because of the actuators and the software. It's just the amount of um, software, the amount of sensors, the amount of controllers and the motors that go into making a precise robot, something that could control your hand, is expensive. Mm. There's no doubt about it. Well, the first one's expensive, very expensive. The second one is half the price. True, but for those devices, to by the time they clear regulatory and quality control and all of that, controlling the cost, I I don't know when it's going to come to like 10 grand. Mm -hmm. Because it's pretty impossible just because of the systems Let's do the big picture. We've talked about Sudbury. We talked, I mean, how big is this market? This market... Or even North let me, America. Let me, let me start with Canada. 60,000 people get a stroke each year. Our population is 30 million. And we're aging. And and here's the second part. Although it's not just aging people. Yeah. Yes. So 60,000 people get a stroke each year. 10 years ago, it was 50,000. In other words, over the last 10 years, the numbers went up by 20% mm. because of the aging population. Now, the second part is the number of people who live with deficits or disability from stroke from previous years. That's 600,000. So you've got 660,000 people in Canada 
with problems from Trump. And if you address just 1% of that, that's more than enough for you as a business. Exactly. But if you can do 10%... That the business model works along those lines, right? You start with, you know, conquering a small slice of the pie. Yes. And, and then you replicate that model on a bigger scale. Now, you take the same number and then you go down to the U.S. 800,000 people get a stroke each year. Ten times that are have deficits from previous years. Europe, European Union, is 700,000 people with a stroke. You go to China and India, it's about 4 million people getting a stroke each year. Hmm. Worldwide, the total number is 15 million. This business can be a billion-dollar industry so, in no time. It sounds to me like it's time for a conference. Or maybe it's a little too early for that. <laughs> you want to get your product out there. What, are there yeah. others? Are you aware of others who are... I mean, let's face it. The minute you went up on the stage at Pitch, NORCAT Pitch, in, in the spring of 2019, the word was out. Oh, yeah. Are other people going, I'm going to be first out of the gate. I'm going to beat this guy. There are a lot of products coming out in various ways. Interestingly, our product is very, very unique. In that, on one side, we have a low-tech device, which is not tech-intensive, which is not regulatorily intensive. And on the other side, we have a very unique system of doing things. Mm -hmm. And as a result, no matter who we work with, we are getting positive results. We've got few residents in Sudbury we've worked with recently, and, and almost all of them, time and again, are showing the benefits Sometimes it's very small, sometimes it's big, but talking about benefits within like 20 sessions. Vinny Johnson, if we could improve somebody's quality of life by 1%, wouldn't that be amazing? Absolutely. What if it's 10%? I am, I, I, as a team, as a team, we are honored and humbled by this whole process. Mm -hmm. If not everyone gets a chance to make a difference in people's lives on a global level, we feel very honored that this that it's this beautiful opportunity and and uh, we are going at it in in as planned and as disciplined an approach uh, to ensure that it is it is done in a timely manner uh, a good quality product hits the market and makes a difference in people's lives. When are we going to see the first one out? So, Do you have a Gantt chart on the wall where it says, I'm starting here. Oh, well, you started some time ago. I'm here now, and this is where I'm going to be uh, in 2020. Absolutely. There's a chart, and, and our goal every, every month is to meet the targets for the month. And what we are doing our best, or fighting hard to do, is to beat each month's deadline. Mm -hmm just so that we fulfill the Gantt chart to a point of hitting and rolling out the first device by June 2020 and launching it into the space. We so, want to launch in Sudbury. Well, naturally, um, here at NORCAD. Right? Yes, absolutely, absolutely. No, we, we are here because of NORCAD. It's, it's whatever, whatever we've attained so far has a huge NORCAD stamp on it, mm -hmm. whether it was the pitch, whether it was the funds that were raised, whether it was connections that we made, or whether it's people that we've met. And in, in all of these cases, you know, NARCAT's Tampa goes across the board. Uh, right now our website's getting ready and you'll probably see a NARCAT stamp there too. 
because of what it is. It, it, you can't separate these things out. Uh, and yeah, so we'll probably launch it in NORCAP and uh, hoping to take it to the global stage from NORCAP. So let's go, since there is a website soon, what will, do you have an idea what it'll be called? How do people contact you currently? So you go to www.iregained.ca. I'll repeat the spelling. It's I-R-E-G-A-I-N-E-D.ca. And uh, right now the web page has enough details there. Yes. Uh, there should be a product page coming up. And it'll soon. redirect you when the new one comes up. Yes, once yes. the new one the new one is or designed to supersede the yeah. current one. So the new one is designed based on uh, Canadian rules and protocols for companies in the healthcare space. Yes. So that page where well, there's a separate segment for patients and caregivers, clinicians. there's a separate one for clinicians. More appropriate details for each of them. And media, perhaps. Absolutely. Because you're here with me today. Yeah, yeah. And something so that caters to everybody's requirements. Let's wrap up by asking this question, because, of course, your product is not invasive. It doesn't deal with blood. It doesn't deal with, there's no injectables. There's no, will your product, because no, of all. There's no electric currents going in either. Because of all these things, will your product go to market quicker? Absolutely. Because when the product is not invasive, it is referred to as a class one device. In a class one device, it's not, it does not have to go through a lot of regulatory inspections. Rather, if it's a class two, like if it's something injecting currents or needles going into you or so on and so forth, then it becomes a class two or three or four device, in which case it's very intensive uh, regulation comes into play where it takes a much longer timeline. Because ours is a class one device, it should hit the market a lot faster and make the difference in people's life. Giving a lot people the hope again, let's ask that final question. When are we hoping to see at least some beta testing for this uh, in, in a form that will look perhaps even like the finished form? Something around the beta testing we are looking at January to March. Once again, of 2020? Of 2020. This is very fast. Yeah. Wow. Because we, we are in the final design phase right now. And and according to our Gantt chart, we should be hitting the device prototype by December and Jan, at which stage we take that and then use those prototypes on uh, people in Sudbury and, and nearby cities. And then Maybe, you'll go to funding models and say, we need to scale up. Yes. So. The hope is, you know, you, you go down from that stage, launch the project, bring the revenues in, then the company, company valuation goes up, at which point you bring in a whole bunch of Series A investors on board and say, here's who we are, here's what we do, and our clients say, I regained. Mm -hmm. You put your money in, you would say, you regained too and you know, raise the next level of Series A funding, possibly uh, July, August of 2020. This is a very fast timeline. I have to thank Vineet Johnson for his time today. This morning, as you know, we, uh, we have been talking about I Regained, a product that has, uh, well, it's, it's going to be developed here in Sudbury and launched here in Sudbury, uh, probably more likely at the NORCAT location here on Maley Drive. We invite you to learn more by going to iregain.ca. And of course, I'm sure there'll be announcements on our own page, norcat.org. Join us again for another episode in 
Conversations with Entrepreneurs. Bye for now. This has been Hugh Cruzel, and uh, I'll try and do one of these every week for you. Just watch uh, Anchor FM or, or maybe Spotify. We Certainly on our own page, there'll be material as well. Bye for now, folks.